Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. So here we start another month, July, and the topic under the heading reemergence for 2022, this topic for July is growth, growth. Uh, So here's what growth means. The act or process of development, a gradual increase, development from a simple to a complex stage a natural process, growth. So what I know to be true, and you can ask yourself this, is that we are all here on planet earth to grow. And I would add evolve, but that means that we have to be consciously aware of what that natural process is. Where do we want to develop? What areas of our life do we need to develop or slowly increase? What areas of our life do we need to become consciously aware so that we can not just change them, but grow in a happy, positive way to grow our inner awareness, our inner connection to source energy, to grow our relationships in happy, healthy ways that are, that's a natural process, not a forced process? Where do we need to grow in order to be more in service to humanity? Because that's my dealy do being in service to humanity, if you haven't gotten that yet. So growth, something to think about again, love when people think and love when people grow. Enjoy the shows. So I'm just starting with a giggle and a laugh because this uh, amazing woman that you're about to meet, we've just been gooing all over each other with love and appreciation, which always raises anybody's vibration. You know, when you, when you're feeling love, you're extending love. And, and so I just feel like I'm heightened into this awareness um, by being able to have the honor of speaking with this author, Karen Joy. Karen, thanks for joining me all the way from Australia. It's a pleasure, Susan. It's a great pleasure. Yeah. So thank you. Karen, I'm just going to talk about you a little bit, Karen. So Karen wrote a book called Lost Soul, Wise Soul, How Challenging Past Lives Shape Our Future. Now, uh, when I received this book, I was at at that time teaching a class on uh, the luminous landscape of the afterlife by Matthew McKay. And then this came in right when that class was ending and all my students were clamoring for what next, what next, what next. And... I started reading this book and I was like, oh, this is next. This is, this is what we got to do. So Karen has been a psychologist for many, many, many years, but she also got involved in past life regression or or lives between lives and uh, which comes out of Michael Newton's um, area, if you will. So Karen, will you share with everybody, first of all, before we dive into the book, what led you to past life regressions? It, it began automatically, actually, because I was doing psychology, like with clients, 
And some of them started going into past lives, or I would say what seemed to be past lives, or they interpreted them as being past lives. And so that happened automatically. And some of them had never done that before. So the way that worked was I would take them into the emotion, like they're feeling an emotion uh, at, in the, at the time. And always, uh, I always used that to help them to get deeper into where they were, what they were experiencing, and to get to the bottom of it. And some of them just started suddenly going into past lives, like they might feel burdened, like one woman felt burdened, like very heavy, heavy. And the next minute, I just go into that. The next minute she was being having rocks falling on her in a past life, dying actually in a past life. So that's just one example. There was heaps of them. And uh, yeah, so my professor who didn't believe in past lives, who was like, you know, I went to see from time to time, he called it, what do you call it? He called it mindfulness CBT. And I thought, thank goodness there's a name. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> he, did, he, didn't, um, he didn't really believe in past lives, but he went along, you know, with what, because he went along with it because it helped people so much. They yeah, and- unhooked them. So were you doing using hypnotherapy at the time of these sessions or that, not, that got added into? Not really. Um, these, you could say that going into an emotion is like a hypno, hypnosis, you know, like going into the emotion, you're, you're withdrawing from the present world and moving into your emotion. So I guess you could say that. I had just done ad hoc training in hypnosis at the time. I hadn't done the full course, which I've done since, of course. But no, it was it was almost almost just spontaneous happening to me, and wow. the results were so amazing because, uh, as a psychologist, you can only take people so far. You know, you're trying to get to the bottom of things. It started making such a difference to people's lives that eventually, I just found it so rewarding that I moved from psychology into that work and did more training, of course. So so. So let's just, I want to tease back a little bit, um, Karen, so that the listeners comprehend this. So um, the going into the emotion, because so many people are afraid to feel their emotions and I'm raising my hand because mm-hmm. as I've shared numerous times on my show, I, I was one of those people. I, I, I went into a divorce after 28 years of marriage and I started like a year later hiving because the divorce became contentious. And I realized the hives for a year I was hiving was rage, unexpressed rage. Mm -hmm. And so it was coming out through my pores, but I, I couldn't even tap in to the root of that rage because it had been so uh, suppressed my entire life, not just through my marriage. So, so getting to the, getting down into that, any, not just rage, but any emotion, Karen, how, does that, does that eventually release that emotion or move it aside so people can understand themselves better? Doesn't move it aside. You, you move into the emotion and you breathe through it. So people are crying, you know, people are disturbed, people are upset, but it is a release of that energy. It's a strong release of that. And then once you once they've done that, they're moving into a different way of thinking, and then they're open, right? Like it breaks you open, yeah. and and then uh, I can I can help them or their guides help them to get a broader understanding of what happened. So okay. this is the healing, you see. So you're mm-hmm. opening up, and now you're you've been in tunnel vision, if you like, like you know 
somebody, the rocks falling on you, like I'm dying, you know, like how awful is this? And so it's all a negative pinpoint view and then it's opening up and now they're seeing the bigger picture and and then then they it's beautiful their guides come in and they feel light and light very light very light and very peaceful so when you say guides you're, you're talking about spirit guides Spirit right? guides sorry yes i'm talking about their spirit guides they're there whether they're fully aware of them or not they're there and they're helping obviously yeah i yeah i when i work with clients i often invite them i because I do guided med, I'm led to do guided meditations during a, a session to again to try and crack open or get through whatever that blockage is that yep. the individual doesn't want to look at. And I often encourage people to to learn who their spirit guides are. And I and I've been doing this work for 30 plus years, and I, I'm always very surprised that individuals don't even recognize that there are spirit guides guiding yeah. them throughout an entire lifetime. It's a lot easier when you do. Yeah. Like and often people want to say, oh, well, my spirit guide is my grandmother. They, they, there's also a belief or an idea that their spirit guide is somebody they knew in this lifetime, but that's not necessarily so. Well, I don't know whether it's true or not, but I just go along with that. It may be like sometimes we do have guides come down with us at, to help us like, you know, in a lifetime. So I just go with that. But I don't, I don't like the spirit guide. There's, they're there. In one, one of my, just mentioned now, in one of my podcasts that I do with people, ordinary people, I had a chap who was going to be a guide. He was, had cancer and he was dying. And he, 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 he came to see me. He was, he was an engineer. Like he didn't even believe in any of this stuff before. And his wife suggested it, came to see me. Peter, his name was, he's passed over now, but he, um, yeah, he was told, he wanted to know why he was leaving. He was only 62 and they told him he'd done everything he needed to do and he was going to be a guide. And then he, I asked him, I said, so in your life, what, what was that like? You know, were you a guiding sort of person in your life? Were you accepting in your current life? And he said, I can't believe it since they've heard I'm sick. All these people are telling me that, um, how I've helped them. They were contacting him, telling him how that he'd helped them in his life. So he had been a guide this life as well, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But he was going to be a spirit guide. Like I was just amazed. Yeah. How cool. That's yes. so, what a gift. Yeah. And so, so people can be on the planet. They have to know what it's like, haven't they? Right. It makes sense to me. Totally makes sense to me. Yeah. So Karen, when I received your book, Lost Soul, Wise Soul, I'd be, I'd and because I had just taught this class and I was like wide open intuitively, I immediately sat down and started reading the book. And it's fascinating uh, how you broke it up into, uh, well, you kind of talk about how some souls, maybe a lot of souls, kind of go down a dark uh, pathway or alleyway until they have some sort of reckoning or awakening in a lifetime that helps them then return back to their soul purpose or whatever. So I, I was, I was loving it until I hit the chapter agreeing to be the perpetrator. Okay. <laughs> and I slammed the book down. I said, I'm not reading that. I don't want to read that because I know I was done unto not done being the doer doer, you know, the bad evil doer. And so I put it down for like six weeks. And then I just recent knowing we were going to talk, picked it up again. And I'm like, 
three quarters of the way through the book. I'm like devouring it now. I just had to work through my own personal little stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It, well, um, that, that chapter is challenging, but I think there's like, it's about our vampiric vamp, vampire type right. way of being and, Yes, it is. It is a challenging book. And I, that's why I've got exercises at the beginning to help people as well to breathe through their emotions and work through those emotions, which is what we've just been talking about. Yeah. And breathing through the emotion or breathing through the idea that brings up the emotion is so helpful. So, yeah. so let's talk about how can, you know, I was, was thinking that I'm a good soul, you know, most souls are good, right? So yeah. how does a soul get lost? How do they get lost? Well, you, it, it's several levels, isn't it? At higher level, perhaps it's they've decided to do that. Um, at the personal level, like the guide said in one of those chapters there about the, there's a few chapters, just a few where it's quite, it is dark. Uh, one guide said it was made at, at the human level, but then the circumstances at the human level were such that the guide and the personality of, sorry, the, the soul and the personality of that soul were going to go down that path. You know, it's like we do, we do have things that are pressurizing, pressuring us to go down a particular path. So how do they do that there? If you read those chapters, you'll see they were in some level of turmoil at the time. And then they've made this decision to go darker and we see that in our TV shows and everything where people are being challenged and then they've sort of on that choice point of going that deeper or not. Now, going deeper, though, the guides tell us, the spirit guides tell us that there's nothing lost there, you know, like it's actually okay to go down that really dark path. And just look around in the world, like there's plenty of people going down that dark path. I know. And, man, I, I my daily inner work part of it is for humanity to wake up i you know i i thought with the lockdown the pandemic and all sorts of people exiting the planet that people would finally go wow we're in this together and wake up but it, instead it's just created another kind of dark wormhole and like and you talk about wormholes in your book but um so so these souls that are seemingly lost you know seemingly seemingly yes. going down that dark alleyway are doing it for sometimes centuries uh, repetitive yes. lifetimes of continuing to do the same behavior you, I, you were talking about one man who was um a soldier and um like in the in the crusades yes. and um and was encouraged by the guy that hired him to be a crusader to you know rape, pillage, burn, kill, murder, blah, blah. Mm. And he got to where he had to distance himself, his soul, the humanity, you say his humanity had to distance himself from the, the actual, the actions he was taking in order to do these crusades. And, and then yeah, he down. just kept shut down. Mm. Yeah. And then he just kept incarnating with that same template. Well, we do. We do. We, we're very habitual, us humans, it seems, like from, from lifetime to lifetime. And so, yes, he, it, you, you, those people can't do those things unless they shut down their humanity. Like you can't do awful things. And then eventually, 
as you'll see in the book, somebody comes along like there's a, a plan to help them get out of it and there's a soulmate where they do something terrible to. And that's quite common that is something terrible to a soulmate and it shakes them out of that trance. Like they're in a trance and they can be for lifetimes. We're very habitual. We, yeah, we can get stuck in like alcoholism. I've found people who are alcoholics. They, a lot of them have been alcoholics for many lifetimes. It's, mm-hmm. it's a really hard habit to break. It's just so easy to grab a glass of something and drink it and feel better. You know, it's all avoiding the emotions as you were talking about before. Right. It's avoiding those emo- emotions because they hurt and we're not used to, to dealing with them. And we remember when we're brought up, we're learning often to not be emotional and we need to be not emotional in some situations. And that's not a bad thing, but we forget and then can shut down and not express those emotions at all. So it's very closely related to expressing emotions. Right. Feeling expressing and then once we do in in a healthy way expressing emotions yes, in a healthy way that's and right and then once we do then those emotions don't have such a, a tight hold on us we become more familiar with them um it, ma- it makes me think about the work of Brene Brown you know that mm-hmm. vulnerability yes being it's about allowing ourselves to be vulnerable and we fight that we do fight that because it hurts it hurts to be vulnerable and you know, you've had an awakening this lifetime, as you said before, and I've had one of those too. I was quite shut down early in my life. And then I remembered something that happened in my childhood and I, I, I couldn't work for five months. I had a complete breakdown. Now, without that, I wouldn't be doing this work, of course. Right. Yeah. And I got to say the same is so for me, because I, my, my divorce, which was heart shattering and life changing it all was for the better because I did finally wake up and go, wait a minute. I don't know. I don't love myself. I don't know me. I need to know me and love me. And even if it's at the risk of getting hurt again, or of, because yeah. of being vulnerable, you have to be vulnerable. Yeah. So um, that's building your inner strength, you see, so yeah. that, that, and that's what it's about. We're opened up. So we build that inner strength, not so we can avoid vulnerability, of course, so that we can be vulnerable and allow that to be. And not be decimated because we are open to loving and trusting ourselves or. Well, we still get hurt, but not as deeply as we build that inner strength. That's I call that inner strength. As you know, in the book, you know, there's a chapter later in the book called Inner Strength. So it's, it is a journey. The book is a journey. Which is so helpful. So part of, so of course, having been married to a narcissist and I didn't realize that until after I, many years after I was divorced and I was interviewing somebody who started talking about narcissism and described my ex-husband to a T. So you talk about narcissism, but you also talk about um, people that are so shut down. They need other people's energy in order for their existence. And so they become vampires. Yes, that's exactly right. Now you think about it like this. If you're cut off from your energy, your higher level energy, your source energy, because you've, um, you've denied that, like people get angry with God, you know, that like you lose somebody or something terrible happens to you and you can get very angry with God and just say, push it away. And that can even happen after we die. You know, we push that away. And so then where, where are we going to get our energy from? We start right. getting it from other others where we start feeding 
a soul, and this is at the soul level, but we are souls in the physical body anyway, where we start feed, we need to feed off others. And you, like most people who are listening will know that they've had people who are sort of taking their energy and we give it away. So that's another learning is learning how to recognize that and not allow your energy to be given away because you, you, you don't want to prop those people up because you're propping them up and they're just staying stuck anyway. Right. So, so Karen, here's something that caught me with, with your book as well is the, the multiple lifetimes that an individual will live through just to get like one learning, you know, or just to get two learnings, uh, you know, I, I guess maybe I'm of the, you know, let's, let's get it done version, but I kind of always thought, okay, well, I'll learn all I need to do in this lifetime. And then the next one, I'll learn something else. It never dawned on me that I probably had centuries and eons of trying to get the same tidbits of soul learning that I had first agreed to, to learn. Is that, yes. did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, that's Michael Newton recognized that too. I remember him saying that one chap that he um, worked with had took 700 years to just get his handle on jealousy, <laughs> 700 oh, earth years. So, wow. yeah. So it, yeah, I think um, the people who do that work with the Michael Newton Institute would find that too, that we have li- lifetimes of of overcoming something. But do you know what? The funny thing about that is we're eternal. We, we go on. There is actually isn't any need to rush. Now, see, there's a larger part of my system that completely agrees with that. And then there's this little itty bitty human part that says, well, why can't I know it all now before yes. I die? Because I don't want to come back and do this again. Yes, understandably, but, but, you know, maybe you will, maybe you won't. But, I mean, that is what we're trying to do, get to that. I really think we're trying to get to this place on this beautiful planet that we live on where we're not hooked into the negativity of it all so much. Like the ne- when I say negativity, it's part of the deal, but that we're understanding it well enough to really enjoy and, and enjoy the beauty of this place without getting hooked into the let's say the pain of it, but I mean, we're going to have some pain, but getting a handle on it, let's put it that way. Right. And I think that's why we're here to do that. But the way it's set up, because it's so real to us, we forget who we really are. So apparently other systems from, I've had a lot of clients come from other systems. They're not as dense as the earth. They're not as real as the earth, you know, and the reality of this place is what makes us forget but it's also the thing that makes it so beautiful. Okay. So Karen, just, so that doesn't slip by people explain to people what you mean by other systems. Oh, other systems. I mean, um, other planets perhaps, or other places, which we may not be aware of here because we are denser. And so we can't, you know, their higher level of vibration. Uh, Yes. I've had a lot of clients who've come from uh, other systems. And so they've had, incarnations if you like because they are still physical to some degree but not as physical as here so there's degrees of physicality and they've lived there and then they come here quite a lot of people or souls people souls are here at the moment to help the earth because we Mm -hmm. are going through a transition to make it a little bit lighter because it's got so dense that it's 
people are getting lost all the time. Uh, those people, yeah, I've got a lot of those people coming here. And some of them, I think you'll see that in the book, I talk about some of them a bit shocked when they get here and find out how <laughs> how uh, easily they can get lost. Yeah, Right. They it's can... like, yeah, moving through some sort of gelatin or something, I, I think, you know. Yeah, they, do, they forget who they are too. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, it's kind of set up that way here. Um, so there was something else you said about uh, well, let's talk about the souls, the soul agreements, because in, in your book, you talk about uh, there will be other souls from your group that make the agreement to help you, to help facilitate your learning. So does that mean, so one person will say, okay, I'll be the perpetrator and you can be the victim, or I'll be the guy that slaughters your village and you'll be the sole survivor. I mean, I don't think it really works just quite like that. Okay. I, I think that we, I think it's more that we um, maybe at a very higher level, you know, because we are levels, you know, we, we've got a larger self and then we, we, we're stepped down vibration to be in a, a human body. So maybe at the higher level, some of that happens, but not everybody, not every soul plans their life like fully. They plan uh-huh. some, some are more light, some, plan it more detailed but if somebody's stuck like we were talking before somebody's gone down that dark path and they have got enough learning and now it's time to come back then the the soul group will agree to help that that soul come out now how much that soul is involved in that I'm not sure because they are a bit lost even on the other side we can be lost at the lower levels of vibration uh-huh. So it doesn't mean everybody goes, every soul goes right back up. And parts of us can be lost as well. Like our, in a life, we can have a life and our spirit in that particular life may not pass over fully as well. So we do a lot of soul. You've probably heard of soul rescue. Have you heard of no, that? No, I haven't. Actually, I haven't. So, yes. Yeah, so you can die in a, in a situation where um, you, when you, this is the way it works. Like we uh, when we die, suddenly we are without a body. The body slows everything down. Right. And so if you're in a particular state of mind at that moment, then you are suddenly in that state of mind and you, you, that continues happening to you. So you're feeling lost at the end of your life, not sure what's going to happen. You can be there, you know, or right. I've had people who are drowning and then, there's a part of them still drowning, like that yeah. part is still drowning and still trying to, to be alive. And so that's a lot of the rescue work or the, yeah, I call it rescue work that, that we do. And that's what I was doing a lot as a psychologist. You know, people would have a fear of something and then they'd go into it and then that energy would pass over. And that was just a stuck part of them from a past life. Oh, my so goodness. At, so at our death, that you know, there's a lot of rituals and things that happen at death that, people do and that's an attempt to help people pass over right. peacefully so peaceful deaths are important too that's easier to rescue it's very it's a, that's a lot easier to get somebody through that quickly but like when you're doing a regression work but the ones who are really stuck who've been stuck for a long long time what they're already moving through that to come when by the time they come to see me, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm not rescuing somebody who's really dark. Those people are avoiding people like you and I. Mm-hmm. So 
but those remnants left over from those lives sometimes there's like they've just like I said then there's remnants of experience of attitude I guess you could say that haven't been fully resolved or put to rest and so that's the sort of work that regressionists like me are doing and those are playing out in our lives if we're meant to fix them up in a life like release them then they are playing out in your life so there's a lot of people walking around with fears that could be helped I know well man I think I'm gonna have to get a session with you Karen because (laughs) I know that I have fears that you know I And my inner work, my personal inner work has been to try and uproot those fears and anxieties and whatever else over responsibility is a big one for me and uproot them so that that's not the driving factor in my life. I I am choosing love and joy and balance and harmony and happiness to be the driving factors and fear comes in from nowhere or feeling worthless. You know, you, you mentioned in the book that you had a client that was constantly feeling worthless. So, so is that because there's these remnants of unresolved, like worthiness, let's say that, that just, even though the soul is incarnating again, those it's like, they've let left a breadcrumb of unworthiness behind. Yes, they have. And the funny thing about that is sometimes that's meant to be because it's about the learning. Um, so we remember we are, we forget who we are from lifetime to lifetime, like most people don't believe in past lives. So how are we going to keep evolving and growing when we've forgotten the past? You know, like it, it does, we have to remember something. So yes, we do remember those things and they're guiding things. It can be negative. It can be that you, um, I had one chap who left his family in one lifetime and wanted to leave his family in the next lifetime because he felt overwhelmed with it. And when we went back and he found out that he'd left his family in the previous lifetime, that helped him then to move forward. So that can be like a teaching energy, if you like, that's going to help shape the path that you take. So he had a little bit left over of that, but that was actually there to help him to realize he, once he realized he'd done that already in a lifetime, he was able to to start relaxing and realize that he could stay with his family. He's just somebody who felt responsibility very heavily and wanted to escape it. So it was like that had some of that energy had come over from the previous life. Um, which disturbed him, but it was meant to disturb him and he was meant to unravel it and then stay, stay in that current life. And I mean, there's heaps of those situations where we've got to carry it. We've got to carry something over from lifetime to lifetime to shape us. But when they're done, when we've got the learning, we've got it right. So we've figured that out. Now there might be that little remnant left that we don't need anymore. And it becomes interfering then. So it's not a perfect design. You see what I mean? We're down here. It's it's quite interesting how we're down here and we're being guided by these things. And then now it's we don't need it anymore. Well, how are we going to let it go? So some people might do that in dreams or, you know, and others might need to have somebody with them when they do it, like somebody like me. Okay. So, okay. So this, this just like my whole brain just did a flip. Because um, 
once we wreck it. So let me just say what I think I heard you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Go with it. So when, when we realize or recognize that we have these remnants uh, from past lives that are now creating a hindrance as opposed to helping, which kind of sounds, it kind of sounds like that's what I got going on, man. But so when we realize that we still need to get help, whether it's from someone like you or um, our spirit guides or to, in order to resolve it or release it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Let it go. Like it, it's like, remember the woman who I said felt very burdened, you know, and she had these rocks falling down. Now there's more to it than that, of course, Mm -hmm. but, but that helped to get a little bit more space for her to be able to keep working on the other, the other burdens that she had in her life. And, and so, yes, it's like, that's exactly what it's like. It's like, it's, it's like we're learning, but it's not perfect system, but people know that, you know, that because it keeps knocking, you know, it'll keep knocking, it'll be coming (coughs) up. And eventually you've got to get this idea that I need to do something about this. So there's a part of you that's sort of caught in some sort of pattern that you've had, which has been helpful, but now we've outgrown it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It does make you- sense. So then it like, so then if you, if, once you've outgrown it and you've resolved it, then yeah. do, do you come back with a different agenda of learning? You know, okay. I got about, I got the thing about being unworthy done. Yeah. Now I'm going to learn about guilt. Yeah. Or- yeah, of course. Something else will, there might be something playing out in that particular life. That's quite different, but you don't need that last bit that's done. You know, you Mm -hmm. don't need to keep having that message coming through because you've figured it out. I think there's one, there is one case in the book in the early in the book. I can't think of the name of the person, but there are cases in the book that do. I try to explain that one lady who um, was amazed that she had a life with a very dowdy life where her father had been, he was a minister and he'd been um, a minister of religion and he'd frightened her and she'd left, lived this very dowdy uh-huh. sort of life. And then she went back in the regression, went back to that life and she suddenly realised that in her current life, she a lot of the things, she she wouldn't put up with bullies, for example. She'd been bullied in that life and, and she realised that the reason she didn't put up with bullies in that life was because of what had happened in the previous life. And she could see it very clearly and was amazed because she just wouldn't put up with bullies. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know. I, I can't remember if we had to release anything in that particular life, but the knowledge of that really helped her to move forward because she, yeah, yeah, she, she, she had been alone in that life. She had our current life. She'd lived alone. She'd never married or anything like that. And so that was probably influenced by the fact that she'd been bullied, but now she'll go on to another life and she will be able to open all that up, you know? Yeah. Something else, of course, these are my little uh, hot buttons, right, Karen? I love your hot buttons. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I, there was, you talked, there was a couple of your clients that had major trust issues as well. Like how can I, how can I trust other people? So instead of trusting anybody because they had been so abused in a previous life, they would just, close off. Sounds like this woman just close themselves off. And so in, in closing our heart down, right. So we can't get hurt or because, because we don't trust ourselves to trust anybody. Yes. Um, then, then that creates some, um, 
damage, well, not damage, but well, loss. that's part that's part of that shutting down. That's part of that shutting down. Those uh-huh. people who like the serious perpetrators, they have shut themselves down completely. But a lot of us shut down to some degree. I've been shut down in some of my lives. Like, and that is the willful nature of us as humans. We can be very willful. Now, the funny part about it is that, you know, being willful and going our own way, stubborn, willful, Mm -hmm. that, uh, yeah, we just push things away and we're tough and everything. And and that's actually part of our journey because we have to develop our strong will and our strong, uh, our inner strength eventually to be able to surrender it. And if you remember in the book, the, the last chapter, I think, is, or one of the later chapters is surrender. And that's so we, we've got to build that will. So it's a journey of building our inner strength and being willful and then eventually surrendering that. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a complex, we're very complex beings on this planet. We really are. And you just described my life, this, this particular lifetime of being, I've been called stubborn and willful and, you know, and then I have to get to vulnerable and surrender and all of that. So that's amazing to me. So, um, so then tell everybody about your podcast, because this is interesting to me. You're, you're interviewing ordinary people that have remembrances of past lives. That's right. So it's called, uh, Exploring Past Lives with Karen Joy. And these are clients of mine mostly, but there are other people come and I'm happy to have anybody who's had that experience of a past life, remembered it, some people remember them spontaneously too, and to talk about them. So it's just listening to them talk about what their experience is. And I think that's very helpful for people who are doubtful about these things because they're ordinary folk who are coming on and talking about it. And I feel very privileged that they are willing to do that and share their experiences so yes and so I mentioned the engineer who came on who's passed over now who found out he was a guy that was a bit of a surprise to me and to him but it and he then he agreed to come on because of that you know they come on because they want to help other people understand so yes yeah. yeah so thanks for mentioning that because I think it's a little bit unique I haven't found another podcast like it a past life podcasts that's like it so it is a bit unique at the moment there's a lot of podcasts around well and it and I think it's awesome that you're talking to everyday people because it because I think there is a um assumption that in order to understand or experience a past life you have to go to a hypnotherapist or you have to you know you have to have done all the spiritual woo stuff to find your past lives. And, you know, when I taught that class, I had a couple of people that were so, they just want to know their past lives. And they, this one uh, person, engineer person uh, has gone and had a couple of hypnotherapy sessions and can't even begin to see a past life. And it's very frustrating to this person. And I'm like, just, just relax, just, just relax. And because you want to know, eventually you will know, but this, this, Oh. Yes. Well, that doesn't really work. You know, no, it's, doesn't. It, it doesn't work when you you want it that badly. You need to desire it, but it it's very tricky. We, we you know, we are tricky as <laughs> humans, I think. But yes, yeah, so these people who come to see me, the ones who've remembered their past life, very, I've had a few people who haven't, who haven't remembered their past lives, haven't been able to, not many, um, 
just one or two a year, I think, have that problem. But usually we we can get to those things in different ways, you know, what their issues are. But people come to see me because they've got issues. They're not coming because they're just curious. Very, I don't have many people who come just out of curiosity. I usually have people come because they feel guided or they've got some issue or they want to understand their purpose this life. And mm-hmm. that's why they come to mm-hmm. have these regressions. And then they often they do go into a past life because there's something to clear up before they can, you know, get on their path that they or get more fully on their path, perhaps. Yeah. So, so I want everybody to know when Karen says, come to me, she works non-locally. So Karen, if, if people want to have a a past life regression with you, how do they contact you? Well, like through my website, uh, which is lifebetweenlivesregression.com.au. Uh, and then they can book online. Uh, and I, yes, so they just, they would do a Zoom session. And those sessions we've found, the Newton Institute's now found that too. I've been doing them for a long time, but they found that they work very well because people are in their own environment. As long as the internet connection's okay, it it works very well. And if the internet connection gets cut or anything, which has occasionally happened, we just we make sure that we either fix it then or, or make another time. But I have only had that happen a couple of times in the dozens or hundreds I've done. So, yes, doing the Zoom sessions works very well, which is great, isn't it? it this technology it works for us as well as, yeah. Yeah, yeah, us. for us and, yeah, and then kind of, you know, trips us up. Um, so everybody, all of Karen's information will be in the show notes so you can find her and her podcasts and listen to all the amazing work that she's doing. The book is called Lost Soul, Wise Soul, How Challenging Past Lives Shape Our Future. Karen Joy, thank you so much for the work you do. And thank you so much for your time today. And and I know it's redundant or you've heard it a bazillion times, but what a joy you are, Karen Joy. (laughs) Thank you so much, Susan. I think the work you're doing is marvelous too. So thank you for having me on the show. And thank you for being reading the book and really getting into it. And it's just been marvelous doing this with you. I really appreciate you. You do this so well. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And I've underlined it. And I, I, like I said, I'm like three quarters of the way through thinking of like four or five people I want to give this book to. So um, people will be receiving that as uh, early birthday Christmas presents. (laughs) That's marvelous. Okay. Thanks again, Karen. And I'm just going to end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanmorell.com. That's it for today. See you next time.